Now we're ready to rock. All right, dude. So, Errol, thanks for having this conversation, man. Dan the man, what's going on? <laughs> I am so glad that we get some time to talk today. And um, the stuff that we're going to talk about can get pretty heavy. Yeah. But um, I just want to frame up the conversation uh, before we get into it. And then if you don't mind praying before we start. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be sweet. So first of all, uh, you and I are, we've been friends for what, over a decade now, I think? Mm -hmm. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. When you were just a wee little lad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad, I'm glad that you're saying was a wee little lad. That's nice. That's, that is great. No, I, when I came to college, uh, I looked up to you a ton, man. I was like, dude, Errol, wow. like I did. I was just like, man, that guy, that guy's got it going on. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That That's no pressure on. at all, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. And, uh, I, so I, I went to college when you were working at the mm -hmm. college that yep. we were both at, and then, uh, we are both pastors now. And I think one of the things, Errol, that means a lot in our friendship is, uh, I just love how you have always treated me like a peer. Hmm. And that means so much to me as a, yeah. a younger, not, not much younger at all, but just a younger leader. The fact that you treat me as one of, you know, one of your own, like, you know, and like you always have helped me with questions that I've had and just come yeah. alongside me and just serve me as a brother. And anyway, that's just meant a lot to me. Well, I'm sure at some point during this conversation, people are going to really find out what our age uh, gap really is. Uh, but I know one of the things that I learned growing up is to just constantly be a learner and to, whether it's soaking in things or dispensing things, um, there's uh, uh, generations that are coming after us that mm. uh, we want to, you know, we want them to have wisdom. We want them to have uh, not just knowledge, but there's so much about what you guys are doing and even conversations like this that are helping, yeah. you know, uh, us guys that are a little bit ahead to look back and go, okay, let's keep learning. Let's keep, um, you know, figuring out what people are doing. So, but yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, there are people yeah. again who are in front of me that I look up to and I hope I can be even just a small example of that for others. So uh, just to frame up the conversation a little bit more, we, for those of you who may not know us, we are two pastors who, uh, I mean, we serve as ministry leaders, but more importantly than that, we are followers of Jesus and we love Jesus with everything we have. And so Amen. we want to make this conversation all about Jesus. Um, we're not going to say everything right. <laughs> and nope. well, I know I'm definitely not. You, you, <laughs> you, def not. you probably are. But I <laughs> um, and, and there's going to be some people that are going to disagree with either how we say what we mm -hmm. say or uh, what we say. And, you know, that's just part of this. And I think having an imperfect conversation is more important than not having a conversation, mm -hmm. especially yeah. at this time. Yeah. And Dan, I don't know if it's my insecurities or the way that I look up to other people, um, but even just being a part of this conversation, I know that uh, you know, stuff started to creep up inside of me, the anxiety. Uh, and that could be for many different reasons. Um, but it, even my wife this morning just kept reminding me, please just speak out of your experience. Speak out of who God made you to be. Um, be an encouragement to others because I love, I enjoy doing that. Um, but uh, yeah, we don't say everything right. And I, I hope we make some people um, think, uh, not, mm. not necessarily get mad, that may happen, but that's okay because we have to start to mud through some of these conversations uh, to just help people to engage and uh, understand, hopefully. Yeah, and, and we're not experts and we're not trying right. to be experts. That's not what this is about. This Absolutely. is about two brothers in Christ and friends uh, mm -hmm. for over a decade just talking about real world stuff that is so pertinent yeah. Uh, in this time. And we want to help. Uh, really, that's, that's our heart behind this conversation. Absolutely. We just want to come alongside and help. So uh, the, the greatest source of help that we can have is, is God himself. So mm -hmm. Errol, why don't you go ahead and pray? And yeah. then I'll lead out with the first question. Yeah, absolutely. God, thank you for an opportunity uh, to encourage hearts and minds. Uh, Lord, your spirit 
resides within so many people uh, that are listening uh, to this podcast. And our desire is they would know that you love them, that you care for them. You care what they think. You care how they understand. And God, you care about the relationships that we have with others. Your gospel is the truth, and we want the world to know how much you love them. So we pray that this conversation would be one of love and honesty, uh, and maybe even, uh, God, maybe even some uncomfortability, uh, but we want to Mm -hmm. honor you. So help Dan and I, as we communicate, help us to do it in the best of our ability, but God speak through us and help those to uh, uh, just to open up their hearts to what you may have for them. We love you, God, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Dude, thank you. Thanks for, for that prayer. All right, let's get into it. Let's do it. Um, what have you been thinking and feeling hmm. when it comes to uh, the, the events just recently that have, have come to light and specifically when it comes to racism and injustice? What have you been thinking and feeling? So... But- the people who know me, uh, Dan, would tend to categorize me as someone who is uh, geared at making peace. Um, I, don't, uh, I don't like being not liked. I don't enjoy when there's uh, discord or disagreements um, between my wife and I. And uh, um, I just got a text that it, I don't think we're live, but we can just uh, keep going. Um, yeah, we'll keep going and we'll just have it recorded. and Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, I apologize quickly. There are things that are part of me that I often, you know, people just know about me. Um, so when past situations like this have happened, um, I am typically able to kind of buck up, gird up and move on, you know, be an encouragement to people, speak kindness, truth. Um, I've always said that if I'm living my life the right way, then it will make an impact on people and that I won't fall into those traps. Um, so then I'm watching this video, um, this video of a man who being arrested by the police. And um, we always focus on the, the ending nine minutes uh, that's happening in that video uh, where he is crying out. Uh, he is in distress and people are going to bat for him. And that is yeah. what we tell people to do. Yes. Um, and yet there is a, um, there's a callousness. Uh, there's a numbness that's going on in the police officers that starts to bring rage out of the people who are watching um, us on screen and the people who are there, you start hearing some of those shrill screams that kind of get your attention. Um, and uh, we watch this man slowly and I want to say he died, um, but we watched him be murdered. Uh, yes. We watched him be killed. And so I went through, um, I've been through, uh, as I talk to people about the stages of grief, um, I feel like there is, there's parts of those have touched me in different ways. Um, and my initial response was shock. It was disbelief. It was, I can't believe this is happening. Um, and then I did move to anger. Um, I, uh, you know, as my youngest son would say, which I tell him not to, he said, dad, I was pissed off. And I'm like, okay, buddy, I hear you. Uh, and, and I felt that and I felt, I felt rage and I felt, why is this happening? Um, and it, it wasn't so easy to move past, but I have to say that it was coupled with another video that I might've seen 15 to 20 minutes later. And it was of, a um, a scene in Central Park uh, where a gentleman mm. was confronting, he was confronting a woman who uh, in that part of the park, um, it's required that your dog be on a leash and she didn't feel at the time that she needed to adhere to that. And so he, good for him, he pulled out his camera and there was a scene that happened. And when she called the police officers on this man, uh, I, I remember three times, but three times she described him as an African American. American. Yep. And the more that I heard her say that and the kind of the plea that she had towards the end, it just got higher and heightened and more tense. And I thought to myself, that could be me. That could be me. That man is someone like me who wants to do what's right. And, and I'm willing to tell people, hey, you know what? What you're doing is wrong. 
Yeah. Could you please fix it? Could you please? And I would share it with grace. But if that man didn't have that video, I can only imagine um, what could have possibly happened to him. Because yeah. again, it's her word against his and that video, um, it shook me, Dan. It shook me. And I believe for the last week, I've just been on the edge of tears. Um, I, I can tell you I cried in the shower because I don't like to see, uh, I don't like people to you know, see me crying. Um, but I've been, I, I, I've been hurt. Um, as uh, Pastor John Gray said, it feels like I've been broken. Mm. Um, because what happened to him was as a result of what she saw, what she described. Um, for George Flynn, you know, people say that there was a there was a numbness, you know, that happened there. So yeah, just again, I, I wanted to answer it quickly, but people who know me uh, know that I don't act in anger. I don't act, and it just all flooded out. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I struggled. I'm still, I'm still struggling with it to make sense of what is happening. Um, and uh, yeah, been working through that. Oof, yeah. I'm, I'm so glad I said that. No, I'm, dude, this is, this is so cool that we get to have this time to just kind of process. Yeah. It's really, really hard stuff. I, I remember, and I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm white and, and I, I don't, I don't feel the same things that maybe you or other uh, black and brown brothers and sisters feel. Right. But when I saw the video of Ahmad Arbery, like I just could like, I literally, I looked at joy and I was like, this man just got hunted down. And she's yes. like, what? And yes. she's like, I'm like, literally, I'm like these guys hunted down this guy, I didn't even know the names or anything. I just saw right. it on social media. And I was like, yeah. this guy got hunted down in broad daylight. Mm -hmm. And I mean, bang, bang, bang. And like, you just see it. And yeah. I, I, I almost dropped my phone. I mean, mm -hmm. it was just like, how can this happen? And the fact that they didn't get charged with anything for yep. however long it was, what is it? Two months? Yeah. Two months. Two yeah. months. Just, I, I I was on the verge of tears seeing yeah. that video, especially, and then obviously with with George Floyd. I mean, yeah. So yeah, I mean this. Yeah, and Dan, I have to I have to respond to that. I have to say that that is good. When we stop reacting to those things, and I remember over the course of time when we had school shooting after school shooting, and it was just another school shooting, mm. um, and. Uh, I, I I was a little afraid that I would stop reacting to the innocent murder of people who, you know, were just, they were doing what they were supposed to be doing. And uh, I know those are different situations. I know that there's mental illness that's involved and I don't want to speak, you know, any low, like lowly of that. But in these situations, when people are responding, I, I believe that that is good because there's a heartbeat. There's a, a feeling there's an emotion that erupts inside of good people, um, people who have souls um, that it's just like, okay, I applaud the fact that you had to respond um, in that. And uh, it's obviously it's been rampant across our society. Well, and I, I don't want to jump too quickly to next steps, but I think even in this, what we're just talking about, this yeah. could be a really easy next step because I think so many people mm -hmm. are kind of in that middle where they're like, okay, I want to do something. But yeah. what do I do? I think what we're just talking about is a, is a very, uh, it's simple, but it's not easy right. to right. do a numbness check. Mm. When you That's see good. injustice, whether it's on social media or right in front of you, mm -hmm. how do you, how do you respond? Right. 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 So I think that may be a good next step if people are wondering, okay, what are, what are my next steps? Yeah. A numbness so, check. I like that. So a numbness check. Yeah. So let's, let's, I just want to ask you, uh, peeling off of that then. Okay. So as you have these emotions and all these things, obviously they come from, uh, experiences from things that you've, uh, mm. had personally in your own life. So if you could speak to those, like what are some of oh, yeah. your experiences with racism and injustice in your own life? 
Yeah. And I, one of the things that kept popping up into my mind, Dan, is when we respond to things is there is a difference between um, pity and compassion. Mm. Okay? Um, there's a, there's a train that happens in our thought where pity is um, it's lamenting, it's, it's sadness. Um, but it often can look down on the person that you're pitying and you, and you may think of them as lesser or thinking of them as, um, at fault or inadequate. Uh, and so the, the pity that moves to empathy that ultimately because compassion, uh, results in an action. Um, and it causes us to not just feel, um, but to in some ways connect with the person that we're having compassion for, because then we respond to them. Yeah. And so when I share some of the things that, um, that have happened in my own life, um, and I think of other people that I've talked to, other pastors, you know, locally and um, family members who have experienced uh, racism or slights or whatever you want to term it, I, I want people to understand that this, the purpose behind this is not just to pity. Mm. Um, and not just to send me a text or an email or, Hey, I'm so sorry. Okay. I'm glad that you're sorry. And I know we're going to talk about this later, but then what, then what, and what, how, how do you respond to this? And, uh, there is an act of compassion that's involved. Go ahead. So maybe moving from pity to compassion is that are those two words, then what? Yeah. 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 Uh, action. Yeah. It's, it's the, it's the compassion that produces, uh, an action. So, Cool. Um, yeah, we can definitely talk about that. So for me personally, um, and I want to make sure that I'm, you know, not lumping everybody into this grouping. Um, not every police officer is, um, is Mr. Chauvin, you know, the person that was on his neck or even those group of police officers. And I even have a different view on the ones that were complicit and the ones that were standing by, um, what their consequences should be. I'm so glad that we have a justice system that can rightly divide that. And I pray that they do. Um, but I don't, I don't believe that all of uh, the, the sense of white privilege um, doesn't mean that you haven't experienced pain. Okay. And I believe that there are people with who are white who have experienced a tremendous amount of pain. Um, what it, what this means, whether it's black lives matter or um, racial uh, injustice is that the pain that they've experienced is not as a result of what is seen. It's not a result of the tone of their skin. And, and that is where we fight. That is where we struggle. That is where we hurt because it's not something that we can control. It's, it's who we are. You know, it's a part of us. And even, you know, as, as a child, I know that, you know, people joked around with, you know, being black and, Hey, let's turn the lights off. And Hey, if he smiles, we can see him and everybody's ha ha. And, and I think that's meant to be fun. Um, and, and I would even have fun with that, but I also feel like it, it starts a, a, a thinking and a mentality, um, that can go in different directions. You know, one of, Hey, this person's trying to connect with me or this person is trying to tear me down. Um, and, uh, you know, as, as a little child, I know that some of that happened with me as I grew older, um, uh, just facing it in different ways and I'll go right to my marriage. So people who know me, um, know that my, my wife is Caucasian. She's white. She's gorgeous. Um, she's my best friend and, uh, you know, love being with her. Um, but before my relationship with her, I was in a relationship with someone where I heard a similar statement that um, her parents, this, not my wife, but uh, this other woman, her parents would not be in agreement with our relationship, an interracial relationship. And um, I never sat down and talked with them. I just was like, yeah, but I like you, you like me. And we just kind of talked and moved along and we became connected uh, far too deeply um, for people who wanted to honor uh, our authority. We wanted to honor the people who, um, who loved us. And uh, I would say that at the time we weren't doing that. So fast forward, you know, that relationship broke. Fast forward to um, my, uh, uh, my wife Dorcas coming to me and just saying, hey, I think we ought to pursue each other. And I totally agreed. I'm like, yep, let's do this. And she actually went home during this was Christmas time. She came to visit me 
because her family was getting together for New Year's. Mm. And she went home and she sat down with her, both of her brothers were married and, and her parents were there. So it was the seven of them there. And uh, she said, hey, I have, I have something to share with you guys. And they're like, oh, what? She's like, I, I, there's this guy that I like and we're going to pursue. Um, and uh, I want you to know that. Uh, and by the way, he's black. Well, her brothers and their wives were like, oh, man, that's awesome. That's cool. But her parents were silent. And mm. they, they were thinking, and, and these are very godly people. I, I want to make sure I say that. Um, I've learned stuff from them. Um, and uh, the ending of the story is great. But at the moment, they, they struggled with it. And uh, her mom actually said no. Her mom said no. Wow. Uh, we're, we're not going to have this happen. Mm. Um, and her dad said, I, I, I disagree with this, but he at least said, this is something that I really need to talk to God about. I need to pray over. And uh, for months we struggled. She called me crying and um, thought, you know, we're never going to date and this is not going to happen. And we wanted to honor them. We wanted to honor them. So one of the first things I did was I wrote a letter uh, to them and I put my picture in the letter and I just told them a little bit about who I am. And that started a conversation. Wow. I could have sent them an email, but email wasn't even in existence. Oh, then. That, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That's um, but uh, that was just one instance. And the, again, the more and more that we work through that, I, I want to call that, come that story down a little bit. Um, I found out from her parents how, why they struggled with it. Um, a lot of it had to do with their history. A lot of it had to do with what they saw happening in other people. They thought about our grandkids, you know, being mixed and what, uh, persecution that they would face and um, all very real thoughts, but they couldn't see it working and they struggled with that. Mm. They couldn't see it, you know, coming to pass. Um, Dan, I'll tell you about another instance where I was um, in a local town. I was going into a store and uh, as I was having a sandwich with a buddy, um, we were leaving the store and as I was leaving the store, the doors kind of were sliding doors. They opened up. And I've shared this with the students at one of the local colleges. And uh, this woman who was coming in, uh, a white woman, our eyes met like I caught her eyes. And she had her purse like kind of hanging on her elbow. You know how you just kind of walk in with your purse. And we were going outside to eat. It was a nice sunny day. And I remember her taking her purse from her elbow and she put it on her shoulder. And I'm like, okay, that's... That's kind of strange. And as I got closer to her, she took her purse off her shoulder and she switched it to the side that was away from me. Now, many people, uh, even me immediately, I'm like, okay, why did that just happen? And I wanted to respond, you know, react to it and be angry. But as I walked outside and my friend who was white ne never noticed it, he just, hey, you know, whatever, he was right in front of me. Um, but it was something that was noticeable to me. I immediately thought what happened in that woman's past, you know, for her to respond that way. Mm -hmm. And that is part of the compassion that we want people to understand. But those two instances have fashioned who I am. They have affected me. Um, and there's, there's several others uh, that I, I can share with you, but um, those are two that jump into my mind where I'm like, it's, it's not because of anything I had time to do. I, I hadn't done anything wrong. I hadn't said anything. It was an immediate response because of who I was, because of the color of my skin. Um, and uh, that's, it's difficult to walk through, man. It's difficult to, to yeah. see everywhere you go. You know, um, I, I talked to a gentleman who said, you know, when he walks into Walmart, he's got to take his hoodie off because of what was, how people will see him. Right. And what's he up to you? And I've been in Walmart before and I, I know friends who are part of uh, police and security um, and I, and I see that person who's following me around the store, you know, he's, he's shopping at the aisle and he's looking at stuff, but he's not really, then I go into another aisle and there he is again. And I'm like, okay, do I, am I suspicious? Do I think that he's, well, I walk around to another aisle and I see him off in the distance and, you know, I, I, I it's something that is broken again. It's something that I think people who are white don't even consider. They don't think about right. it um, because it's not something that they have to deal with, uh, you know, daily. Right. Well, and it's, it's not just, it's not just broken 
in these incidents that we're seeing now, it's kind of like what Will Smith said, you know, racism isn't getting worse. It's just getting filmed. Oh, ooh. wow. I mean, that's powerful stuff. Yeah. And so when you talk about the history there, like mm-hmm. I, I, maybe we could tease that out a little bit more because you, yep. you were saying, okay, there's stuff back in the past with either this woman's parents or grandparents or environment or experiences. Yeah. But the thing is, I mean, we've had hundreds of years of that stuff. And some people may think, oh, you know, racism, that's just in the past, mm-hmm. but it's not. it's not. It isn't just in the past because history affects us now. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason why we needed uh, protests in the past, why we honor people like Martin Luther King and Abraham Lincoln and, uh, you know, even some of the people who owned slaves and treated them with kindness, but you owned another human. And that was what um, I think my father-in-law actually said this to me today. I, I spoke to them and just said, hey, I want you to know that this, this conversation is happening. I want you to know I mm-hmm. love you guys. You are my biggest cheerleaders. Um, but that was a tense moment for us as, as families. Um, it was a tense moment to have those conversations. And they worked through it, but it was a process. It was something that took some time. And where we've been, one of the things he said was when he went, he visited South Africa and the people that were there took him to the place where the slaves were being onboarded onto boats. And, and, and that is a monument. That is a place where people can go and see and say, this, this happened. And, and, and people can say, well, it was part of the norm. It was part of what was going on. Think about it. People owned people. In, in today's society, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's wrong. Back then it was wrong as well. And, yeah. and But it was just the reality was what was made normal and it was accepted. Um, so, yeah, we can go back to 1619 when, you know, those things were happening and, uh, you know, the 400 years of, of this going on and on. And I believe that we're moving forward, which, which is great. But I also believe that there's still something that's systemic. Yes. There's something that is happening in homes, in hearts, in people's thinking, in their minds that is not breaking or flattening the curve, you know, that is not changing, you know, what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. I am against rioting and looting. Um, okay. I am against taking advantage of, you know, people who are, who build a livelihood and then you come in and destroy it in a matter of minutes. Um, but I get it. Where, where it's it. coming from. I get it's, it's, um, who was it that said, um, it was Martin Luther King that said, rioting is the voice, is the voice of the unheard. Yeah, right. People who have been trying to speak and it's almost as if, ah, it'll be okay. It'll get better. No, it's not a big deal. And, um, again, I don't condone it. I, I just believe that it's from a, a place of, of deep anger and, and, right. and, I've heard this so many times, you know, what does something that we as men often fight for in relationships or fight for in society and it's, and it's respect, but I think everyone deserves respect. I, you know, because you're human, because you're a woman, no matter what, but for these men, it's almost as if when you walk, when you follow me through a store or when you take your purse and put it to the other side, it's almost saying that you have no value and therefore your dignity is not worth anything. Yeah. And, and people say, well, that's, that's overcome. No, it, it really is something that I, I feel like I want, like I desire. I want people to see me as valuable. And, and I believe that these kids and males, and um, they're just so angry because they feel like they've lost their worth and they've lost their dignity, their, mm-hmm. their right to have value and worth the way that God sees us. Um, and often we look for it in humans because that's who's present and we're just not getting it. Mm. I know I said, it, I said a lot there. Well, it's, it's really helpful, man. I, I am so glad that again, that we're doing this, we're talking this out because so much of this, um, this is just stuff that I, I don't understand. I haven't experienced. And I think we white people need to have that humility to just own up to that and that that's okay and just to, to, to own up to it you know like we've got to be okay with being 
you know what? We, we haven't experienced that in that way. It's not mm-hmm. that we haven't experienced pain at all in our lives, right? I mean, my son Landon has a very rare heart condition and right. he flatlined twice. Yes, I've gone through hard stuff in my life, mm-hmm. but to own the fact that I do not face the same challenges you face as a black man, mm-hmm. that we've got we've to be okay with that. Yeah. You know, doing a numbness check, and uh, not that we're trying to do this systematically, but <laughs> I know <laughs> doing, it came it's up. just kind of <laughs> happening. So, so doing a numbness check yep. is really good. And then secondly, just having the humility to say, no, we don't go through the same experiences. Right, right. And we need to come alongside. And I, I remember, so this this will probably be controversial, but I, it's fine. <laughs> I, I, I will confess to you, all right? This is a confession. I used to, in my head, I didn't do it on social media and I didn't do it much at all. I only had a few conversations maybe about this, but I was always thinking all lives matter, right? Like that was my thing. I remember four years ago, four or five years ago, that was how I thought. Mm -hmm. And I was very ignorant that way until I read an article by Relevant Magazine. Mm -hmm. And it was just a simple story where... Uh, someone calls and say your house is on fire. You call nine one one. You say, "Hey, my house is on fire. Can you come and take care of this problem? Like, there's mm-hmm. a problem at my house. The house is on and fire." And if the operator goes, "Well, sir, all the all the houses on your street matter. Like, why are you calling about your house?" And you're like, "Because yeah. it's my house on fire." Right? <laughs> like that that illustration. Yeah. Uh, I gotta say, God was very gracious and merciful to me in that moment to allow my heart to be softened to the point where I go, wow, I've been wrong. Mm. Like I've been mm-hmm. wrong to be in my head. Like I didn't make a big deal about it, but I was just always like, yeah, all lives matter. But like, right. that's not the point. Yeah, it's right. true, but it's not relevant or pertinent with what's going on now. Yeah. And yeah. now is the time where, I mean, it's, it's been time for a long time, but especially now, mm-hmm. I think for, for followers of Jesus, I mean, if we cannot come together and love our brothers and sisters who are hurting over egregious. I mean, we are talking horrific Mm -hmm. murders. If we can't come around that, then we do not understand what the good news of Jesus Christ is. Yeah. Dan, Dan, I saw that illustration um, online about if my house is on fire, you know, um, and it's used in several different ways. Um, and I started reading some of the posts, which is probably, that's always, dude, that's always a dangerous thing to do for your health. <laughs> uh, but even with what I feel like you just shared, and I have a question for you in a second, um, is a very clear example of what it means to understand that someone is on fire. They're hurting that, you know, um, it, it's like someone who loses, a, a, someone that's very close to them. You run to that person and you care for them. Yes. Um, and the people who want to shout, you know, all lives matter. And even in this post, they often say, well, what about the other races? You know, what about the Asian community, the Mexican community? It's the Latinos, but um, the, you know, the different groups of people that also, and again, they do face bigotry. They do face racism. We're, we're not denying that. Mm-hmm. But like you said, what's in front of us has continued to be in front of us. And, and I, don't, I don't know if it's getting worse, if it's like Will Smith said, it's, it's being filmed more so that we, we can be enraged. Um, and, and people are saying, well, why do they have to loot? That's a great question. I, I don't think they need to. But we, but, need, to, we need to have the, the, the compassion enough to try to understand yes where it's coming from. Yes. And, and I, again, I, I think it is possible because I think God's heart is both peace and justice. So I do mm-hmm. think it's possible yeah. to say, I mean, there is a black man yes. in Minneapolis, a black man who spent his whole life savings in this bar, mm-hmm. no insurance. And it just got completely destroyed. Like it's not, it's not saying that racism and injustice are not things right. to go. You shouldn't destroy that man's bar. like those things aren't but but to have the love enough to go okay where is it coming from how can i help Mm -hmm. and how can we change something that has been going on for hundreds and hundreds of years yeah right here right where we are yeah 
And, and Dan, and what I'll ask you then is the resistance that white people feel where they feel like they have to say that phrase, um, all lives matter, um, the resistance to, like you said, come alongside, to feel compassion, to, to try to connect, to, to try to relate. And, and I see it happening well through all different generations, but there's still people who are resisting. And my question you may solve the whole issue in this. I don't I highly, I feel like you highly have an answer. doubt that. <laughs> is why? Why? Why is that? What is preventing these people from feeling? What is? What are they afraid of? Um, what is keeping them from saying, "Okay, I'm willing to step in. I'm willing to." What changed it for you? Um, yeah. Even without that illustration, you know. It may have helped, but something in you changed. Yeah. Can you put your finger on it? Is there anything that you could point to? Well, I, there's a couple things. One, I know for me, I had seen that there was some militant stuff mm. in the organization of the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh-huh. And so for me, that was that was hard because I'm like, man, like that seems really dangerous too. So like, you know, I don't want to support that. So I right. think sometimes that may be there. Uh, but then the second thing I think is that honestly, and maybe, I mean, this, I don't know why this is so hard to say, but like, we don't, sometimes we just don't want to get our hands dirty because we, like, wow. we know if we admit, if we admit that this is actually an issue, mm -hmm. it demands a response. Yes. It demands yes. that we start speaking up and talking about it. And like, uh, this, um, this conversation we saw of two other pastors, you know, um, this one pastor, man, he just came out and he said for pastors, for guys like you and me, mm -hmm. it's like, if you're scared to talk about racism mm -hmm. because you're scared of losing money, yep. you don't deserve to be a pastor and in your keys yes. and in your keys. Yes. And, and that, that is where I think fear is such a, a powerful motivator, but it's the wrong motivator. And mm -hmm. So many people live in fear, mm -hmm. you know, because if, if we just say, well, all lives matter, racism isn't a real thing. You know, this stuff is just heightened now, but it's not really systemic. You know, if we get in that vein, yep. what it does is it allows us to stay on the sidelines mm -hmm. and still mm -hmm. watch and do the occasional pity thing yep. rather than going, no, I, I need to start these next steps of numbness checks, uh, learning more yep. about yep. the whys and the 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 hows all this is ha, have gone down mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. it, it does it does demand a response and i i love the word you said before the key word you said is process mm. like it's really really in the yep. we're in the heat of the moment right now mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but over the next few months and the next few years you know it it it, it happens with this with with it happens a lot right you, yes. you yep. stuff happens and then it comes back down but it can't be that way anymore. Right. And I think we're waking up to that. I know yeah. I personally am starting to. Uh, I haven't done a good job of it, honestly, mm. of, of being someone who hangs out with more people that, I, that are yep. different than me. I think, yep. I, do, I think what I do is I look at the standard, which is mm -hmm. a horrible standard, right? I look at the norm and go, okay, pretty much everybody hangs out with Everyone that talks like them, looks like them, things like that. Yes. Yeah. So, so I go, well, that's the norm. I'm doing semi better than that because I hang out with a few people who are different. Yeah. But yeah. moving forward, we have to be people radically committed yeah. to hanging out and spending time with people who are different than us, especially different ethnicities. And I'll tell you why. Because it's what our Lord and leader, Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Did. Absolutely. And when you look yes. at the Samaritan woman, John chapter four and what he did there. Mm -hmm. We don't do that. Yeah. We don't do that. Well, and Jesus did on many occasions sat down with people and for us to, again, I, I don't honor us above anybody else, but for us to sit down and to have this conversation, I believe that Jesus did it with the Samaritan woman to, to understand her. Jesus knew her. Je Jesus is God. He knew all about her. Why did he have to sit down with her to understand? It wasn't for his benefit. It was for hers. 
you know, the same way that he sat down with Nicodemus, the same way that he sat down with his disciples. And uh, it's so many examples of Jesus just saying, hey, let's talk. Let's, let's have this conversation because I want you to understand why my father sent me. And I also want to want to help you unearth and process the things that are going on in your heart as well. Because I want to yeah. share truth with you. I want to lead you in a direction that you will make an impact in other people's lives. And, and it's just so prevalent. Uh, throughout his life and and how he wanted to be with people and lead them the other thing too is we, we are comfort addicts oh dan we're comfort addicts and jesus stop talking dan somebody's dude, going we, to shut you off i'm telling you <laughs> i i'm a comfort addict seriously yep. Yep. like i'm a comfort addict i and and this isn't just you know in church although it applies there mm-hmm. but especially in our personal lives, Jesus yeah. modeled for us a life that was radically proactive and intentional mm-hmm. at chasing. It wasn't discomfort for being, it's not like we're supposed to be masochists. It's not about that. Right. Exactly. It's purposeful, intentional discomfort because we love people. Mm-hmm. And even, even phraseology, like all lives matter versus black lives matter. Like, I just saw this online. I thought it was really good. Uh, Luke chapter 15, one of the chapters in the Bible that outlines the good news of Jesus and one of like three mm-hmm. stories that are like three of the best stories in the Bible, right? Yep. Well, the first one is, you know, a shepherd who has 99 sheep, mm-hmm. one runs off. What does the good shepherd do? He goes and finds He them. doesn't just stay with the 99 and go, okay, okay. It's we're just going to stay comfortable <laughs> here in our pen. Goes out into the great unknown mm-hmm. to go rescue the one. And, and again, that's the heart of God. Like this yeah. isn't just, I'm sorry, I'm going to get preaching again, but no, it's, man, that's it's the like gospel. This, that is him. This is the gospel. This is the good news of Jesus. And so when we talk about racism and injustice, and honestly, there's probably some people, they're not even wanting to watch this or, or lean into this just because of the title. Yep. They don't want to see, and I get it. it. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of hurt. And, and if, you know, if you've avoided listening to this for a while, that's not a problem. What I'm saying is if you're avoiding this conversation yep. because you don't want to actually recognize that racism and injustice are very, very real things that we have to respond to as yep. people who belong to this great God, who yes. his heart is. I mean, we, how many scriptures could we quote so many. <laughs> from scripture so many. about the heart of God for righteousness and justice. They're the foundation of his throne. Mm-hmm. And I think it, that that does demand the response that we do go out and we say, all right, I'm going to be willing to be uncomfortable yep. to take those simple steps to build bridges mm-hmm. and build relationships. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it, and I guess it's okay for us to, you know, get even more practical in regards yeah, to let's do it. how, how people can respond. My, my middle son, um, is actually on a podcast right now, uh, down in Atlanta. Awesome. Um, just again, sharing his heart. And, um, I'm so proud of my three boys and how these, I've been talking with them all week and I've just been saying, how are you doing? You know, how are you processing this? Mm-hmm. And there's been anger, there's been fear, uh, there's been frustration. Um, cause granted, this is about the time where a lot of people start posting things online and they want to sound compassionate. They want to sound smart. Um, and many of them are. And, and they're doing the right thing. And, and for the black community, we see that and we say, that's good. Okay. Some people, and, and you and I know a pastor who um, was done with talking. He's done. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to yeah. talk anymore. Yeah, and our friend. Yeah. He, he wants to see action, which again, I get it. Especially in light of some of the stories he shared with us. You know. Oh. And I hope he gets to he gets to share that. Um, but at some point, and I read this, somebody said, put the phone down, post your, your plea, then put the phone down and get out and yes. go and respond to someone in love yes. and, and with fierce love and, and with, with life, uh, you know, living with them uh, in a way that, that speaks understanding. Um, and I think of, you know, what it says in, Philippians 2, that, that Jesus uh, considered equality with God. He didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, mm. but he set it aside and he became humble. 
And he said, I'm going to be like one of you guys. And I'm going to work to understand. Oof. That's right. And I want to, I'm going to be with you. Yes. And, and I'm going to try to show you my love. And, and Dan, this is why I feel like just so many people are angry. Who I didn't plan to do this. <laughs> good. You're good. You're getting me. I'm, I'm starting to cry too, man. Because it's, yeah, because it's just years and years of not just experiencing it. And I can compare my experiences with other people and say they've had it far worse than me. Right, right. But it, it has still impacted my life. And I believe my family and my friends who know me, know my heart towards other people. I'm imperfect. I, I totally confess that. And you can ask my wife. She's seen it plenty of times. <laughs> Our wives um, know just how imperfect we are. <laughs> but um, for people to just slow down for a while, I, I believe that Satan, our, our enemy, wants us to lead busy lives because then we don't take the time to just simply sit down and go, and here's the question that I, I've heard so many different times, and I think it originated from Andy Stanley, when he said, what's it like being on the other side of me? Mm. What's it like being in front of me? And for us to honestly mm. hear, I, I don't think you completely understand how I feel. I, I don't, you want to explain things away, and by explaining things away, you, um, you disregard my feelings. You disregard my hurts. And, and Dan, again, I just, I just applaud you for having this conversation because even at a risk of what people may say about this, that there is, there is real hurt that needs to be discussed. And one of, my, one of the guys that I work with, um, he just kept texting me. He's just, Earl, I'm just so sorry. Tell me what I can do. Tell me how to help. And he's not alone. There've been several people that have just said, and I told him, I said, listen, you are raising your family in a way that shows love to other people. And I said, keep doing that Yeah. because I'm not quite sure. I have trust and faith in, in what God can do, but I'm not, sh I'm not really certain that it's going to be eradicated or changed completely in our generation. Yeah. It's, it's my grandkids. It's, it's my great grandkids that I may never see that I'm, I'm setting them up to have some semblance of acceptance because no matter how many, you know, generations of people that my kids marry, there's going to be a little bit of black in them. There's going to be a little bit of that Jamaican blood in them. And I go. want them to, to walk around the proudly, confidently with the, with the fear and reverence of God. And with the love that Jesus displayed, you know, for us and I, you know, the, some of the practical means. And I told this gentleman, I said, get your kids around some people who are not like them. Hang out with families who are not like your family. Yes. You know, keep, keep learning what it means to be me. I had another gentleman. He said, I started reading this book, um, White Fragility. And, yeah. and, and it basically is for white people to say, hey, let's be honest about what we really struggle with. Mm. And I don't think it's a book for me, but I want to hear his, his perspective on it mm. uh, and just learn from him and say, what is it like being on the other? Are our jokes offensive when we goof off or when right. you know, we often say when we act a fool and, uh, you know, like, how does that affect you and how can I help you? How can I learn from you? But the Right now, the majority is focused on the minority, and we feel oppressed. We, we, we feel like we are being pushed down, and this is why you see a lot of the eruption that's happening. Yeah. And, and I love that so many people are trying to do it peacefully, and there's those yeah. riffraff that are, you know, that are speaking in there. Yeah. I know it sounds like a downer that we may not solve it, and you know, I don't think we will. Um, I don't think we'll ever have full peace until Jesus, you know, the Prince of Peace comes and, right. and rules and reigns. I, I believe that. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's a sin problem. Uh, it's, a, it's a heart problem. It's a heart problem. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a couple things in there that I know we can, you know, kind of address. Um, but uh, yeah. one example that I have, my youngest son at school, 
He's talked about three instances where people, he was at his locker, he was in the restroom, and he was at the lunch table. And kids off to the side, not recognizing that he was there, uh, blurted out the N-word, okay? That's not a word that we talked about in our home. That's not a word that we use in our home. Uh, I'll be honest that I have joked with some of my black friends with that word. I'll let you behind the veil a little bit. Yeah. Um, and in some ways we think it's okay when it's just us. Um, but I still feel like that word has connotations of deep hatred and, and negativity. Um, and the more that I understand it, the less I will even joke about it. And I, I don't even say it that much, but when he was at those instances and those kids used the N word, he immediately confronted them. And I'm like, mm. why'd you confront them? He's like, well, it hurt. And I'm like, well, they didn't say it to you. He's like, dad, they didn't know I was there. And that's why they said it. So how much more are they saying it behind closed doors, in homes, um, on teams that are predominantly white? And when they're not looking, and I believe it does train those kids to begin to replicate that process that we're trying to eradicate. Um, and, and it's damaging to their souls, to their thinking, and like you said, it is what Christ has done for us that we believe that can wash that out. Yeah. Um, and, and it's up to us to try to get to as many people as possible. Yeah. No, and, and we need to do a better job. I mean, first of all, I would say, um, I'm sorry, I haven't had this conversation years ago. Mm. You know, like, it, that's the thing is like, I'm just, I'm starting to recognize, like, I just have not seen... I have not seen what you feel. Oh, that's good. I have not seen what you mm. feel. And I don't think I can feel what you feel right. because right. God made us different. And that's yes. awesome. Yes. Diversity needs to be celebrated. Diversity is a gift from God. Yep. And we suck at celebrating it. Yeah. You know, like your blackness and my whiteness God did that on purpose. Yeah. And it should be celebrated. It should be a good thing, a, a wonderful thing. I mean, when you look at the picture of heaven in Revelation and the culmination of, you know, mm -hmm. what Jesus did for all of us and we're there, I mean, every nation, tribe and tongue. And you know, I remember being at, at Passion Conference in, in Atlanta. And, oh, did you just go to this recent one? No, I've been to oh, three. Okay. I've been to three okay. of them. This was years ago, but I remember Chris Tomlin had a, uh, whatever song was famous that year. Cause he, he's written so many. <laughs> oh, it's how great is our God. Um, uh -huh. And it was actually, it wasn't when he had written it, it was kind of like late, but he had different leaders lead different parts of the song from different nations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it was just a different feel when you're in a stadium with 60,000 people. Right. And we're singing yep. in Spanish and then French. And then, I mean, all these different languages and man, it was just this like, Holy cow, like diversity yeah. is awesome. But diversity wow. isn't just something, but it's not just something that we put on a stage. It's something that has to happen. Diversity has to happen behind closed doors in the yes. sense of the simplicity of a text. Hey, can we do lunch? Hey, can we hang out? Hey, can yeah. I ask you how you're doing? And just reaching out. Um, my, my other friend, Sean, we're going to talk Thursday night. I, I, we were talking and I was like, you know, I was like on my thing and I was like, you know what? <laughs> like, we just need to love each other. And then I kind of backed <laughs> up and I'm like, well, I know it's not that simple. And then he cut me off and, and, and Sean's a black man. And he goes, Dan, hold on. It is that simple. It is. And he goes, and he goes here, this is what Satan loves, Dan. Satan loves to bring complexity where there, there should be simplicity. Satan hates mm -hmm. simplicity. Yeah. And when we make it now, the, the problem is complex, mm -hmm. but the next steps aren't. Yes. The problem yep. is complex, but the next, the steps, next steps aren't. Absolutely. And, and just opening dialogue, being mm -hmm. willing to have awkward conversations and to, you know, forgive each other about how you say what you say. And, you know, as long yep. as the intent and the heart is, I want to try to build a bridge. Mm hmm then, then those things, I, you know, it's like our friend said in our text message, you know, if like, if you really have compassion, then the next steps will, will come yeah. because you're going to be intentional and proactive. And I, that, that was really helpful. You know, I mean, yeah. 
we've just got to figure out how to come to the table with the right heart. Yeah. And I think Jesus has already said it. He said, mm-hmm. come to me, all you who are weary and heavy yes. laden, whether it's yes. with the, the racism and injustice and the oppression, mm-hmm. or on the other side, the weariness of our own prejudice and our own, you know, whether, whatever ethnicity you're coming from, because yeah. racism can go uh, across any ethnic barrier. It's not just a white issue. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Dan, I've heard this phrase from several people. It's, it's not enough to just not be racist because people will say, well, I'm not a racist. Not a racist. Yeah. <laughs> we in the black community, we really want you to be anti-racist. We want you to be against it. There it is. We want, we want you to be intentional about saying, Hey, Errol, um, I don't know you that well, but I am against what's happening in your life. How, how can I do better? And I would tell people, whatever platform that they have, whatever platform that they have to speak, it, it may be a conversation with neighbors. It, it may be um, an injustice that you see in the grocery store that you're more prone to ignore because you are afraid. Mm-hmm. How, what if they turn on me? Mm-hmm. What, I'm all by myself. And, and for God to give us the courage to be able to stand up for people who are you know, treated badly. Um, the, and, and people do it. They just, so one of the ladies at my church, I asked her if I could share this. Um, she said, uh, that her son who is down syndrome had a teacher's assistant who would come by the house and play with her son. And it's a kid from the football team, this large black kid, and they were playing out in the yard. And this was, you know, several months ago, um, they were playing out in the yard and the neighbor saw what was going on and called the cops because they thought something was wrong. He's playing with this kid. Like there's not something, and, and she was mortified. Like she was so embarrassed. Oh my gosh. Felt so bad for this kid oh that um, it, was, it was just hard. And so I'm like, so what happened with those neighbors? You know, those are the, those are the instances where I wanna go and speak to those neighbors and say, like I did with my in-laws and say, hi, my name is yes. Earl. And, and, and it's funny because we're, I'm teaching my boys, hey, when you get pulled over, show your hands. Mm. Put them on the steering wheel. Tell the officer everything that you're going to be doing. Hey, sir, my driver's license is there. Yeah. You know, and, and, and no sudden movements. Um, and I see videos of kids being taught to say, hi, my name is Errol Morgan. I don't have anything that can harm you. And I'm not a threat to you where we feel like we should be teaching our kids about morality and the birds and the bees and how to say yes, sir, no, sir. And, but it's, it's just transformed, you know, to, to other things. And you said a word earlier, Dan, um, about being a bridge because being anti-racist, being against racism causes you to respond. Yes. It causes you to respond in compassion or frustration but you direct it in a way, uh, and, and I know Jesus showed frustration, so it's okay to have yeah. holy, righteous anger, um, uh, although some people will look at that statement differently. Um, but to, to go into neighborhoods that aren't like theirs, you're like, well, Errol, but my life is busy. Exactly. And one of these days, that anger and that explosion is going to be on your front door, and you're not going to know how to respond because Mm. you didn't condition yourself to understand what was going on. You didn't take the time to go, I'm going to go get to know someone, not because I'm in fear, not because I may end up at my front door because I follow Jesus. Yes. And because of following Jesus and because he said, you know, be there for, you know, for the oppressed and the, or, and I'm not even quoting the scripture, right? I know I have it somewhere, but he just talks about being there for people who, don't have a voice to speak for themselves, you know? And so many of my friends have platforms, they have um, uh, influence, they know lots and lots of people. And uh, I I would encourage them. If if the word is used that's derogatory, you end the conversation, Mm. you stop it. Mm. If if someone is, is treating someone unfairly, you step in and you talk to them. You don't even have to respond out of anger. You can just go to them and say, hey, just so you know, we don't do that here. This is my community, and I want to make sure that we stand up for what's right and, and, and take those things back. 
in your homes, in your churches, at your workplaces, wherever you frequent, it's okay to stand up for what, for what, like you said, justice and for what is right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wow. no, no, dude. I mean, this is literally <laughs> why we're, this is exactly why we're having this, man. This was, yeah. this was good, man. I, again, like for anyone watching this, like we, we know this is just a small drop in the bucket, but yep. I think making yeah. a small drop, if all of us make a lot of small drops, it's gonna make, it's we gonna, can start doing some stuff. So, <laughs> so for next steps, I, I found um, through just some research and, and an interview that both Errol and I watched, um, there's a website called bethebridge.com. Bethebridge.com. And they sent me the, the, the free starter thing with it. And uh, it's challenging. Like literally, I, I looked at it and I was like, oh man, this is going to take time. Yeah, it is. And I think that's another yeah. thing. We're, we're, we're comfort addicts so much that I, I, what you said, I want to go back to what you said about, you know, we don't want you to say I'm not racist. Mm -hmm. We want you to be anti-racist. Against it. Yeah. And the, here's the shift. Saying I'm not racist does not demand hardly any response. And it's, it, it's not, it, you can stay comfortable that way. It's pity. Because yeah. that's popular, right? Yeah. It is popular to not be racist. Mm -hmm. It isn't popular to be anti-racist. And some people may go, oh, no, it is, Dan. You don't know. Have you ever been on social media? Okay, there's a difference between posting in the heat of moments yeah. versus pursuing a life where we intentionally form relationships and friendships like the friendship you and I have had, that Sean and I have had, that we've had yeah. with so many others where, I mean, and I, I am not great at it, but we have to get better at it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and 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 it's gonna take time and th this um i shouldn't say homework it's not homework but like <laughs> this this initiative the these steps that be the bridge.com sent me mm -hmm. i'm like man i gotta carve out time to really do that and i'm planning on that because it it is important um i have a tonsillectomy yeah. coming up uh on monday and so i should have <laughs> plenty of time to, to do some thinking and not speaking so this whole thing about you know, just taking time to pause and listen. Well, God already yep. provided an opportunity yes. for me to do that. To and, and quite fr frankly, COVID has provided that opportunity yeah. uh, as well, you know, for us to, you know, not just to sit back and do nothing, but um, to have time to uh, be anti, uh, you know, against those, those things. And Dan, I know we're, we're ending. I want to end, uh, just leave a scripture with some of the people who may be watching um, to hopefully encourage them. And it's a familiar passage, but it just has new meaning for me in this very difficult and trying time um, that there is purpose in what we're doing. There is an end goal. And uh, in Hebrews chapter 12, uh, verse one, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded uh, by such a great cloud of witnesses, um, let's throw off everything that hinders us. Mm. Um, and the sin that so easily entangles and let's run let's run with perseverance the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith for the joy set before him he endured the cross he did that for us and he scorned its shame it's like this is about the people that i'm going to be saved and he and it says, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And it says, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary. Okay. That you will not grow weary and lose heart. We will get tired and we will want to set this aside because we're just done. We're just done. We're exhausted. And I just want to encourage people to, to, to band together. It's tough to do it alone. Um, that's why community is so important. That's why groups or, uh, you know, organizations that, that bring people the force of a group together, because it is tough doing it alone. And some people are still doing it. Um, but Jesus says that we run this race together, mm. um, but we just lay aside all the extras. We just, what's the most important thing? Your house is on fire. Let's go put it out. You know, someone's hurting someone, uh, it, people understanding racism for me. It's like me trying to understand the effects of chemotherapy mm. that someone has to go through. I can't, mm. but that doesn't mean I'm not going to be there for them. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's like me That's being right. in a room full of, of white people 
and I'm white and someone says that derogatory term and I have to stand up to my white friend. I know that's hard. I know it's hard, but I can't, I'm not in that situation. It's like me trying to understand that. Um, And even simply, it's like trying to understand someone who's out of breath because they're carrying, you know, a, a deal of weight, a great amount of weight and they, it's difficult for them to function. I can empathize with that person, but I, I can't fully understand. And I want to be with that person and help them and, and try to encourage them along. So we do, we throw aside those distractions, the busyness, the things that our enemy puts in our way, and uh, we run, we run together. And I believe that that's happened today. So Dan, thank you. Thank you for uh, starting this conversation, Bro. man. Oh, this is, I'm just so honored to learn more from you. And honestly, I think one of my biggest takeaways has been what you've just said there. Mm. We don't want you to say I'm not racist. Right. We want you to be anti-racist. Yeah. And so I want to keep on learning and growing together. I want to keep connecting about this and with you and others and just continue to, to stand against evil in so many forms. I think we've been really good at standing against other forms of evil. And when mm-hmm. I say we, I mean, uh, gosh, what terms can you use now to describe <laughs> people who claim the name of Jesus? Let's put okay. it. There. How about that? Okay. That's, like any other term is just, I know so exactly what now. you mean. <laughs> any other, so, so we, as followers of Jesus, I think we've done, we've spoken out and we've been anti this evil and that evil. But we should have been mm-hmm. anti-racism more proactively and intentionally. Yeah. Yeah. And we haven't. And we need to have the humility to say we haven't, but we're going to work on it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this is a starting point, Errol. I love you, man. And yeah. I thank, thank you so much. And your friend is so encouraging. And we, I mean, we connect on a whole lot of different things. And like, mm-hmm. just even having you and Dorcas in our home was so encouraging. Cause like yep. learning about parenting for me, I remember you guys are sitting on our couch and I was like, all right, how do I, how do I be a good parent? <laughs> and you're like, well, let me tell you all the stuff that you don't do. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I learned the most. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, thank you so yeah. much, man. Yeah, let's get your kids around uh, around Uncle Errol at some point so that uh, they continue to grow with that with that experience. I love you, man. Good. Thank you for having this. All right, we'll see you, man. All right, bye.